Welcome everyone to Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd and I'm here with my main man, Jordan JB. What's happening? And uh, yeah, I hope everyone's all right. Uh, still kind of locked down. And uh, I hope you're enjoying our uh, regular videos that we're putting up. We're trying not to have too much of a gap in between. We are, you know, trying to put them out regular. So we're, there's not too much of a gap. And today we have got um, a very strange one. We've got um, it's it's a it's it's an important pay per view, but it is strange in many different ways because there was a lot going on behind the scenes with this one. But I think we might have some news before we kick into that. We might have to mention a few other bits and bobs. So yeah, JB, what's going on, man? Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a this is a tough one. I don't remember watching this for a long time, probably since it first came out. And we're looking at 1997. So I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember it being this... Uh, I'm going to use the word off-key to start with. Because there's so much going on. And this stuff you probably wouldn't notice when you were 10. Yeah. But when you're into your 30s, you take a look at it and go, oh, okay, this isn't right. Why is this happening? Why are they doing this? And we, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we'll get, we'll get into it. Um, as is sometimes customary with watching our shows, Chris has been watching VHS. There it is. And I was watching it on the WWE Network. Um, no free-for-all this time. No free-for-all. So um, my fix of Todd Pettengill, I didn't get it, which is unfortunate, but it will always have a place in my heart, so that's fine. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we can get straight into it. It's uh, World Wrestling Federation, In Your House, Bad Blood, 1997, presented by PlayStation. Presented this by PlayStation, that's correct. Um, Favourite PlayStation wrestling game, Chris? Um, probably, don't know, man, Thunder's on there. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Attitude, I think, was on there, on the arse end of it. Yeah, so probably probably Attitude, WWF Attitude, but I prefer it on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, Run better. <laughs> I know everyone loved SmackDown and SmackDown 2 and stuff like that, yep. but I'm going with WCW the rest of the world. Great game, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're massive WCW like marks anyway, dude. So you know, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. So presented by PlayStation. So it just took, it took me right back to the old the old days of PS ones for anyone you know under the age of like twenty five had probably you know had no idea what was going on. That's right. Um, 5th of October, 1997. Uh, the date is horribly poignant when we get to it at the start of the show. There's no, there's no house set. Like in your house, you used to have the big set, the house. There isn't one here. No. We're in the Keel Centre in St. Louis, which would become uh, notorious for other reasons in a couple of years' time. Um, yeah. And we get the uh, see now. This is where I'm already surprised. 
we get the big welcome everyone like start from Vince. It's cheerful, it's happy, it's high, it's hyper. Well, well, no, no. On the video, we do not get that. Oh, you don't? We get like a little intro vignette thing, which is like basically setting up for Shawn Michaels. It's like a, it's like a little video and he says, it, it just is a picture of Shawn Michaels and it says, pride, confidence, extraordinary talent. And then he's like, mix that with arrogance, conceit and self-adulation. And then it's like basically just showing you what's happened and setting it all up and, you know, bad blood in your I house. I get that later on. I get that later on down the line. I, that's the first thing on the but video. Before you even hear Vince McMahon, welcome everyone. Before you even get that, yeah. you get this really solemn music and a really slow motion picture Shawn Michaels doing that and then you know showing the bit where he hit the Undertaker with a chair during the Bret Hitman heart match um when he was a guest referee and that kind of thing so yeah no that was that was initially what was on the VHS so yeah you you get it later on but yeah we get yeah um get the big welcome everyone you know it's Vince is Jerry Lawler is JR in the commentary booth for this one, you know, ringside. Nation of Domination music hits, like it's it seems like it's pretty fast paced. It's gonna go, it's gonna go pretty quickly. But then we cut back to, to Vince. He announces that Brian Pillman's passed away. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Like they do mention that they say it on the free-for-all. We haven't seen that. Um Vince said that there's very little info so far. Um, he goes a little bit further into some horrible detail later on. But he said there's very little info so far. And then I'm not sure whether it's under direction or he's just going through it, but Jim Ross goes straight back into show mode. Straight away. And starts talking talking about a nation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't this isn't nice. This isn't cool. There's a there's a there's a, a, a scary theme running through this. So if you look, it's 1997. Vince had already gone through a problem with the drugs and the steroids and, and, and the doctors that were prescribing talent stuff that they probably shouldn't have been having in the amounts that they were having. And he, he later on makes a comment that is very poignant for me where he, well, we'll get to it, but he it, it yeah, just... Uh, yeah, I, I think the reason why they're so they do this in this way. And 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 if if I'm honest, I don't think I hear one once through this pay-per-view them actually say rest in peace Brian Pillman. I yeah. no, I, we don't. I that. don't think we hear that. Um but we do hear them say other stuff which will become apparent later on because I think it's maybe three or four times they they bring up the death of Brian Pillman um in a in in a in a, a sense where they're all sitting there and the camera's just on them and they're talking directly about it um it's uh it's a really really weird uh it's very very strange uh, I mean as you, as you might know from our first four episodes we're pretty positive about stuff this this doesn't this doesn't well for the show <laughs> it doesn't it, it's yeah, it, you it's know hard. we we'll be positive about the things that we like on this show 
um, as we always are. But like we what we always say as well, sometimes things are just shit. Uh, and there's nothing you can really do about it. There's nothing we can re- you can't polish a turd at the end of the day, and you can't take words out of people's mouths. You can't, you know, you, you can. There's a lot of people on this pay per view that are directly connected to Brian Pillman uh, in a very very close personal even a familial way you know you have stone cold steve austin who was his partner as the hollywood blondes for for a good few years still very good friends you've got the heart foundation who have described brian pillman as being the only non-family member of the family basically you know all the other people like neidhart and like the british bulldog they were actually family married into the family but brian pillman was someone who wasn't married into the family but was family and it happened he you know they say he died that afternoon so we're talking he was found in his hotel room in bloomington minnesota that day because basically they they were trying to get hold of him and they didn't know what was going on they didn't know where he was um they tried to get hold of him they they tried to get someone to get hold of him and find him and they rung the hotel and basically found that he was found dead in in his hotel room because on 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 the night before it was shotgun saturday night so this is the sunday of the in your house 18 which is october the 5th October the 4th was Shotgun Saturday night in Bloomington, Minnesota. So that is, you know, um, all, all, yeah, it's, it's very, very, you know, you can imagine, you know, a close, close friend, family member dying and then you have to go and do a pay-per-view, you know. And also, let's not forget, sorry, dude, to go on. But let's not forget, this was a crazy time for the WWF because you had WCW on at the same time. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin had just broken his neck uh, not not that long ago. So everything was thrown up in the air. Stone Cold was still coming on and doing bits and bobs and that like, like you know, but it it's a very touchy time anyway. And Vince is probably... His bummer was going like that anyway because he's thinking, you know. Well, you, only, you only have to look at the match, the the card, the the list on the back of the VHS. Um, insert. It's not filled with stars. No, not at all. But you know they do their best, and you know things things have to. You know they've all got to play a part. They've all got to be who they got to be. That's right. And. I mean, yeah, it's we'll we'll keep we'll keep rolling with this. Yeah, like I said, Jim Ross goes straight into show mode. Doesn't work like that, that bugged me from the minute go, and I'm gonna get past it and move on to that. Rocky, Karma, and D'Lo from the Nation of Domination make their way to the ring. Uh, they're going up against Legion of Doom, and. I don't know, but it looked like this, the commentary team were leading us to a surprise partner who turned out to be nobody. Yeah. It was um, 
it was meant to be Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was injured in a cage. He, he was already he already had a lung infection. That was that was legit. He then had a for some reason toughed it out and had a wild sort of cage match in FMW with Vader. And yeah, I watched in, in Tokyo, right? Uh, it's, yeah, somewhere in Japan. Yeah. Um, I watched the match. It was on like the 28th of September that year, and it was pretty tough. And he was, yeah, he wasn't really in any shape to perform. So LOD decide they're going to go it alone. Vince calls them American Originals, and they get the Road Warrior pop. They get that pop. It's a big one. Um, yeah, they uh, straight out the gate got Rocky sucks chance from this uh, busy crowd, and. Do you reckon anyone in that crowd had the foresight that he would be so much bigger than their Rocky Sucks chance? No, I mean his finisher didn't even really have a name. They didn't. They didn't call it the Rock Bottom at this point. He because you know he uses it during this match, and um, you know it. They they don't call it the Rock Bottom. Uh, they do mention obviously he's a third generation superstar. They you know it, it, it's funny you've got. In this match, you've got people like Karma, Mustafa, right? Who, a.k.a. Karma, the Extreme Fighting Machine, a.k.a. Papa Shango. So he's been wrestling for for years. You've got uh, you've got so many years of, of talent in this match. It's it's a, it's a bit crazy. Just looking on, on the top of it, you just think, oh, it's yeah. just, you know. But you look at the people, you've got um, Farouk. Who is obviously Ron Simmons? Um, you know, you you've got. I mean, how, how many years had he been wrestling before this? You know, yeah. very 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 experienced people. You 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 know, you you've got Karma, you've got um, Farouk wasn't obviously in this match, but you know, he's part of the Nation of Domination, and he makes um makes uh his presence felt in this match. But you've also got the Road Warriors. Um. Hawk and Animal, but you know, Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, is um, John Laurinaitis's brother, who's stepfather to the Bella Twins. You know, so it's <laughs> if you want to do a little bit of wrestling history there, I'll give it to you oh, because you know a lot of people don't. Journey. You know, a lot of people don't know that though, do they? A lot of a lot of the younger guys that watch this might I'm not sure know. They wouldn't. Yeah, they they wouldn't do their diligent research you know they don't know that the the bella twins are actually the stepdaughters of john laurinaitis who is the brother of road warrior animal so um there you go bit of history for you and also one of the bella twins is married to um brian danielson i think everyone knows that don't they yeah yeah i think so it really, it really annoyed me that they swapped his name round to daniel bryan uh, it's more likely to be a. Uh... It was a copyright yeah, thing. Trademark. Yeah, they were they wanted to trademark it, but you know they want to. Vince wants to own everything to do with his talent. You know, people's name. That's not cool. It's not cool, man. Especially the fact of what they've done to China. I've mentioned it in a previous episode where they said that she couldn't use her name uh, anywhere else, even though she was the one that built that up and, and and made it what it was. There was only one China. So um, yeah, um, so there's there's a lot of experience in this ring. Basically, is what I'm saying. There is. But there's a lot of mistakes too. Karma think, and Hawk. Yeah. 
no-show a double clothesline. Yes. Like, what is going on? From, like, from, we know from Hawk, the word go. Hawk likes the no-show. Like, yeah. We always knew that. We know. <laughs> but Tom decides he's going to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> the result is a bit messy. I think the um, I think the uh, the underlying theme of this pay per view is everyone is a little bit shocked of what what has gone on this day because the, Brian Pillman dying in the afternoon or being found he was supposed to have a a, a massive match with Dude Love correct um yeah. and you know he just had a massive feud he was going through the feud with Gold Dust and Marlena. They just on Shotgun Saturday night had some kind of thing, I think, where Marlena was supposedly had run off with Pillman. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen that bit. Yeah, but I think that was the thing because Shotgun Saturday night on the network yet either. No, which is but they they mentioned that they mentioned oh yeah. you know we don't know what's happened with Marlena and Pillman. You know they're still trying to weave the fucking storylines into yeah, real life. Do you know what I mean? They're trying to. You know, oh, we don't know what's happening with Marlena and Pillman. It's like, just fucking stop, man. Just stop. You know what I mean? Um, stop. Yeah. Animal always had a picture-perfect power slam. Yeah. Incredible. Like, always, you know, swift and, you know, no stopping, no messing. Really well done. At this point, we cut. Uh, I've got Vince. He calls D'Lo the Lennox Lewis. Of the WWF. Don't know where. I'm not it? sure. Where it is. No. But all I know, I did. I did a tiny bit of research on this. Lennox Lewis battered Andrew Galotta the night before, right. in one minute thirty-five in his title world title defense. But I don't. I'm not really sure what that means to D'Lo. Yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> Sorry. I, so I love D'Lo. D-Lo yeah. Yeah. I and I've D-Lo. got this under, my next point underneath this is D'Lo looks like a star. Yeah. D'Lo's He's good, man. Was it, um, was it, was it D'Lo Brown that had the accident with Darren Dross? It was, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate, man, because, um, you know, he must have felt like shit. Um, yeah. You know. I'm not sure he's ever recovered from that. I don't think it did either. I don't think, you know, you, you would feel great at all you know being involved in that not that it was directly his fault or whatever you know but just you know being involved in something like that um cerebral did you did you um have you got hawk nearly breaking delo's neck with a with like a a kind of a rude awakening thing he does like a, a neck breaker thing and he a I think, breaker, yeah yeah he does like and, and he keeps hold of his head as they go down and i think if delo would have been a little bit shorter it would have maybe Flipping ripped his head off. Um, Rocky is still pretty green here. Yeah, he's um, very good theatrically. Really good yeah. theatrically playing the crowd and the looks and the, you know. Something I noticed was the chin lock facing away from the hard camera. It was like, and I think, I think animals try to turn him and shift him, like get him to face that camera. It's all, it's all like this new stuff in it. Like, you know, you're not going to know all that straight away. They also refer um, to him as Rocky My. Like Sorry, mate. They also Sorry. refer to him as as Rocky My Via and Rocky Johnson during the, the, oh, the really? yeah. Um, I've got the uh, LOD aren't selling much for Rocky. No, uh, I did much. notice. 
you know, I'm not sure whether it's, you know, we've, we'll, whether we can make the same point all night that it could be about Brian Pillman or it could be just that LOD didn't want to sell for him. And if they didn't want to sell for someone, they just wouldn't, you know. Um, Do you think that they were upset that they weren't involved in the tag match, the, the, the tag championship match that was too late to follow? If, I mean, if they were more annoyed, they wouldn't. They'd be annoyed that they weren't in the flag match. Sure. American original. I mean, don't, don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll get on to that flag match. Yeah. Uh, what a frog splash! Fantastic Unreal. stuff. Great stuff. Like I said Dino's a star here. Gets a two count from it. They hot tag it to Hawk. Hawk starts laying waste. Fruit makes his way down to ringside, doesn't really get too involved, just makes his presence felt. Yeah. And then we get the unnamed finisher. The unnamed finisher, yeah. <laughs> Which would later be the rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and this is where it, it struck me that Rocky gets a clean three count on Hawk. Yeah. So maybe that's why he wasn't selling, but he weren't selling for him. Because he didn't want to lay down for him. He didn't want to put him baby, over. Yeah. And I got underneath my MVP in this was D'Lo. Oh, he was brilliant. I I I love D'Lo. I me personally, I love the Nation of Domination. Um, very poignant at the moment where we have a Black Power. Um, where we're, we're watching a pay per view with the Nation of Domination, which is basically like yeah. a Black Power movement, and we've got everything going on that we're seeing in America at the moment. It's a strange one. It really, when I was watching, I was thinking, "Ah, oh, man, like we picked this, you know, a long time. We picked this a while ago. This to do this. Yeah, you know? we picked we picked this way ahead of time. We just haven't, you know, got around to yeah talk about you know." Well, we we didn't know this was all going to take place. No, we didn't. But like I say, I really, I really do like the um, the Nation of Domination gimmick. I thought it was great, and we we have later on in this we have the match which involved two former members of the Nation of Domination in Savio Vega and Crush, yeah. who were excommunicated as as it's been played out they're excommunicated and they started off their own little sets um their own little gangs uh yeah uh, i've got doc and uh, doc hendricks and sunny promoting the superstar line did you have this no i didn't have the superstar line and yeah. I, I annoys i don't call him doc hendricks it's annoying man it's, yeah, it's michael hayes it's michael it's, hayes uh, man what was up with that whole doc hendrick stuff Free bird himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to refer to him as his WWF name here. No, no, he's Doc Hendricks. That's fine. I can go with that. Uh, there's a really, just as an off point, there's a really funny um, compilation VHS that I have. And Doc Hendricks uh, is, is actually wearing a, like a cap in it or some merchandise. So he's wearing like a, a WWF shirt and the WWF hat. But it's still got like the tag attached to it. And he's still wearing it. And like Michael Hayes, you know, it's it's been said that he was like a, an absolutely huge drinker um, and alcoholic. And he was he was taking that stuff and abuse, you know, where you drink it. And when you drink alcohol, it makes you throw up, it makes you feel like absolute dog shit. And he was still actually just getting totally smashed whilst on ant abuse. He was like, you know, proper party animal. 
I love a bit um, of Doc Hendricks. Don't get me wrong. His energy is just, uh, you know, Michael Hayes. You know, Michael Hayes, man. He's great. Doc and Sonny, yeah, promote the superstar line for the night. They talk about, you know, possibly talking to the LOD and all that, you know, the winners and the losers of the matches. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to Vince, who announces again that Pillman died. Yeah. And this is a little different. Yeah. Because I hear that I hear the crack in Vince's voice. Yeah. I heard the crack, but I. Um, it's, it's, it's weird because he knows more than what we do at this time. Yeah. So, you know, it it's one of them ones where, yeah, there's a crack in his voice and he, he he's talking about it. But then he says he says uh, he goes straight from that. And because he says, you know, they mentioned that there was a match schedule between Dude Love and Brian Pillman. But it's weird that he didn't say, you know, re, you know, we, we send our wishes to and the family. Yeah. Nothing like that. And then, yeah, there's a bit of a crack in his voice and he's very solemn. But then literally within the next minute, he's like, but we scrambled this attraction for you together and blah, blah, blah. And what is the attraction that you it's, are fucking uh, replacing Dude Love and Brian Pillman with? It's many time. Fucking midgets, man. Jeez. Yeah. Fucking midgets, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, little little luchadors. Little, sorry, not midgets. Little luchadors. Yeah, mini match, right? And And to be honest... I mean, it, it's really hard to be positive, yeah, because this match was, I like to say it's dog shit, you know, but it, it was really terrible. And usually the little mini luchadors are pretty good, you know, but I can imagine that they were called up at the last minute. Yeah. You know, they, they probably from, just got off a plane. They were there probably and told, right, you're working, you're not working a dark match now, you're working... The pay-per-view yeah dude you you're you, you're and on it's mosaic and tarantula against mini nova and the crowd favorite max mini max mini the world's yeah. smallest athlete <laughs> I, I mean i i put it here in the notes there's big cheers for him big cheers it's max big cheers. king hated him um king said he looked a lot bigger on the lucky charms box Vince <laughs> yeah. um, tells him no little jokes and he says, oh, I've got loads of them, man. Let me go. Let, let me go. He says, I've yeah, got loads of them if you let me go. And JR says something about it. He goes, look, JR's telling a short joke. Um, I mean, they are quick. I'll give them their credit. These boys are quick. They are fast. They, you know, yeah. As JR would put it, they're quicker than a hiccup. Quicker um, than a hiccup. JR said that they all four could fit into the Godwin's overalls. Yes, I see that. <laughs> and he said someone has a sandwich. I bet they have a sandwich bigger than them. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot to go on. Like um, Max Mini gets press slammed onto the commentary table, and Jerry Lawler's cackling, like in his face. Like in his face, yeah. He's like, ah, like pointing at him and that, like there's, phenomenal there's stuff. Too many, there's too many botches on here to count in this match. Too so many. I'm just going to say this: the finish was botched. It ends up being that Max wins tarantula with a crucifix. You know, it it just gets quick. It's filler. It's filler. And, you know, maybe they were scrambling, maybe they weren't, you know, but that's it. That's uh, It's the mini-match and it's gone. It, yeah, and, I mean, uh, the the cameraman misses uh, a few bits. I think there's a, a, bit, a bit of dodgy camera work goes on in all the matches. There's definitely some dodgy camera work in the next match. Um, 
you know, but hey ho. Um, yeah, we've got a promo <laughs> video for. I'm not sure if you had this on the video. From promo me? vid for Austin three sixteen t shirts. Nah, I didn't have that on the video. It um, it must have stuck with me because uh, I've got one. Maybe it was just in my head, like just kept playing over and over. <laughs> um, I think. 20... Uh, sorry, uh, Owen Hart has got a great T-shirt that he wears in this pay-per-view as well. Along Austin those lines, we'll get to that. Austin does not like. No, Austin don't like it. He calls um, it a cheap pop son of a bitch, a cheap heat yeah, son of a bitch. Heat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 21,151 in attendance, apparently. Yeah, dude, I've written that down. How weird is that, that we just, you know... And this and, is, uh, you know, 21,000 people. A lot of people in the yeah, building. And the crowd are quite yeah. hot at times. Uh, our day is about to get sunny. Because she uh, comes to the ring. She, she's the ring announcer for she the uh, match. The tag team match. I wouldn't have put her anywhere near a microphone, but that's my preference. It is, it's a tag team title match, and my brain must have gone on this because I never remember the headbangers being tag team champions. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were for a short time. Yeah. Um, they, this, this pay-per-view, I believe... Have you seen uh, Brett the Hitman Hart's documentary Wrestling with Shadows? Yeah. I'm sure you have seen it. I'm sure many people that are watching this have seen this. Around this time, Brett had camera people with him. He had people documenting stuff because it was in the time where he was in between having a deal with WWF and having a deal with WCW and going back and forth and Vince offering him this massive, huge deal and then reneging on it saying, look, we can't afford it, you know, and this, that and the other. So uh, the reason why I say that is because I remember in Wrestling With Shadows, the headbangers are um, mentioned in it where Brett says to his son, go on, go, go and annoy the headbangers for a little bit, you know, and you see the headbangers running around with his kid. So um, yeah. they just seem to me to be quite nice guys, uh, the headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, who, yeah. when I was awesome growing bro. up, you know, I, I used to love them. And they make a huge point of one of their pierced tongues in, in this, because I'm, I'm gathering in 97, yeah. not many people yeah. had pierced tongues. It weren't that mainstream i would imagine not but yeah it's uh the headbangers tag team champions against the godwins phineas and henry with yep. uncle cletus uncle. who i forgot existed as well yes um uncle cletus who was tl hopper the wrestling plumber that's correct and more commonly known as and this isn't a racial thing this is just the name he used Dirty white boy Tony Anthony. Dirty, yeah. <laughs> Dirty white boy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Cletus. I, I had no, I'd forgotten all about it. Um, JR wonders what Sam Mushnick and uh, Lou Thez would be thinking about this. these two tag teams. And yeah. I, I did chuckle about that. They, they, um, I mean, and uh, Sam Mushnick and um, Lou Thez make a showing later on in the pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, he also tries to explain the Godwin family history. My brain 
shut off, I think, at that point. Because, you know, unless unless they got to Hillbilly Gym, I don't think I was that bothered. Yeah. But, yeah, um, the Goblins come out with a Confederate flag. It is it's past its time, that flag, for sure. Yeah. It's no, I can't imagine it's anyone's fault because it was still widely accepted in 1997. It's not now. Um, they have it on their, they have it on both of their knees as well. I think they do. They've got patches sewn into their knees. Yeah. They had some real heat. They had some real heat. The Godwins, they really did. Um, I mean Phineas, who would later become Midian. Um, naked Midian. Yeah. Yeah, naked Midian. <laughs> um, you know, he, a great, great wrestler. You know, he he done his done. He he worked hard. You know. Uh, Henry Godwin had also worked hard. Henry Godwin actually was one of the guys that feuded with Triple H when he was first Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I remember them having a pig pen match at one of the other in your houses. Well, they they also feature in episode, I think it's episode two of our podcast um, as uh, Shanghai Pearson Tex Slazenger. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yes. Uh, back in WCW Indeed. in '93. So yeah. It's a little nod to them again. Did you see uh, Thrash's attempt at a Hurricane Rana from the ring apron? Yeah. Oh, oh, this this looked like it was bad. But first, yeah. the the cameraman missed it, right? Yes, he missed it. The cameraman missed it, and it then Vince says, "Right, we'll catch it again." You should have just fucking left it. It was terrible. He literally just. <laughs> threw his legs in the air and landed on his back. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. Leave it. No wonder the cameraman missed it. Um, a really dicey double flapjack as well. Oh, dude. It, oh, mate. Was, now, was that a bad call or was it the person taking it? Because he tried to do a flip, didn't he? Instead of just taking yeah, a front bump. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. And... I can't see who who's made that call or made that error. No, that's right. It doesn't look nice. It doesn't look good. He almost drops him on his head. Almost, yeah. He was very lucky he didn't break his neck. Um, yeah, be safe out there. <laughs> be safe uh, out there, guys. Um, Headbangers had some good double team moves. They were they were tidy, tidy working, tidy working stuff that was and. I was quite enjoying it. I'd like to say I liked the headbangers. I enjoyed the gimmick. I liked the fact they had stockings and boxer shorts and, and skirts. I thought that was uh, great. But, um, yeah, the Godwins win it with a roll-up. Yeah. It, yeah. Just, it, I'm not sure where the, where the booking is on this. There's another match that is, that is finished with an extremely light move as well uh it is yeah it's late later on in the in the, in the pay-per-view it's really strange that um finished with like a, a backbreaker yeah yeah a, like a tilt a whirl backbreaker it's like where's the booking on that one but that yeah. was apparently another filler match though which probably would have been called in the ring or whatever i mean so. the goblin win the tag titles on a roll-up Carry on. I mean, obviously they've not they've got any heat for winning the titles on a roll up, so they carry on battering the headbangers, and then they're told to leave or be stripped of their titles. So they 
they go. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah. We'll move on. Yeah. Like, if you're going to give it little time, then so are we. I get another Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin video promo. Um, I get the, yes, we've got the Stone Cold vignette and it's where you've got, he's, he's talking to Vince McMahon and he's saying, Vince McMahon says to him, look, you've got three options. You know, the first option is you go and get a doctor to sign you and say that you're yeah. good to come back. The second option is, you know, we you would absolve us of all responsibility and you come back. And the third option is I sack you. Um, you know, and then you've got the Owen Hart promo at the end of that as well. Yeah, Owen with Michael Cole, very young Michael Cole, which yeah. is probably just after that war corresponding he did. Yeah. Um, Owen Hart guaranteed this. Is, now I'm gonna say this is a very, very miserable looking Owen Hart. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. No. And he doesn't want to do this. He just he guarantees victory. How fucking poignant is it that you've got Owen Hart in this situation where someone has just died that day and he's having to put a brave face on it and do it and then what would happen to him? I mean, you know, I mentioned this earlier. We are in St. Louis and it is the it is the building that Owen would later in 1999 fall to his own death in. Like, what a fucking city this is. It, it, you, but, but you can't make it up, dude. You you know, uh, two people can't. that are, are linked like that. You've got Owen Hart and Brian Pillman that are basically family. You know, Brian Pillman yeah. first, he went he went to um, he went to Canada as a, a, a lad, basically, trying to play American football and then got into wrestling and, and the hearts, out, yeah. you know, the hearts took him in and he, he was part of the family. You know, it's... um. It's unbelievable that 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 would happen. That Pillman would, you know, unbelievable, I, mate. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a knock on St. Louis. I love. I'm, you know, one day I'll hopefully visit you. But yeah. Oh yeah. It's just unlucky, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Owen doesn't doesn't clearly doesn't want to be on in front of a camera or a microphone right now. No. He does it anyway, like a pro. And yeah, guarantees victory. That's it. Like we we could we could talk about that bit all night, but we'll skip on to Jr. in the ring, yeah, um, because he starts introducing some St. Louis legends, which you know will cheer us up a bit anyway. Yeah, um, Gene Kinnicky. Uh, I have little to no memory of Gene, to be honest. Yeah, um, in any sort of wrestling form, Jack Briscoe, who everyone knows. Yeah, and uh, we know Dory's his brother. Keeper. We know who his brother yeah, is yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dory Funk Jr., who I feel has a more famous brother as well. Yes. Um, Harley Race. I the mean, pop, what a legend here. The pop when Harley Race came out yeah. nearly blew the roof off the place. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Harley's got mad respect here. Um, Terry Funk as well and Terry Funk I've got underneath would have like only months later would eventually be Chainsaw Charlie yeah um, it, there's a there's a very strange there's a very strange part in this where I swear Vince McMahon says ECW Terry Funk yeah he says ECW's Terry Funk does he say that it wasn't just me then he yeah. does say ECW's Terry Funk yeah. yeah because I think around 97 
Didn't he become champion in ECW? Yeah, didn't they have like a little um a little kind of arrangement around that time as well where they had some ECW guys turn up at Raw? Yeah, they when were on they Raw had it at, and... uh, in New York somewhere. Uh, yeah, the at the Manhattan. I think they did. Like Paul Heyman and some of the crew would turn up and even had a couple of matches on there. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so Terry Funk, Sam Mushnick, and Lou Thez. And I'd say it's great reaction for everyone. They're obviously massive St. Louis legends, and you know, wrestling was big back in the day over there. And yeah, I got it's really, I mean, positive stuff. That is, we're staying positive. Yeah, we're trying to stay positive, man. Of, of uh, you know, there were some big pops, like I say, there's some big stars there: Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, Harley Race, Luthez, um, you know, Jack Briscoe. You know, but some real big names um, that everyone knows, and everyone knows, you know, the promoter Sam Mushnick. So, um, you know, Luthez, they say, had probably had the longest career of anyone. You know, he was yeah, wrestling. He... His last match, he was seventy-two. Yeah. And he was uh, a notorious sort of like tough guy in the ring as well. You know, if you you wanted the title from him, you had to beat him for it. You know, you had to take it from him. And no one had the, no one had the stones to take it from him, I guess. Ah, when wrestlers were marks. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, he's clearly, yeah, some sort of like super shooter. I mean, not quite in the, uh, in the echelons of Dean Malenko, but let's, we'll, let's uh, not. we'll move on. <laughs> we get this is going to be like an ongoing, ongoing thing, which I'm I'm happy to do. Do you know what I mean? Like I was trying to think of, you know, some uh, some other, but like I say, I I just uh, I'm just not a fan of Malenko, man. Like I just, you know, I, I knew I'd get you onto the subject at some point here. It just. <laughs> Just so, can't. I'm not. What way? Yeah. Okay. Should we move on? Let's let's move on. Doc Hendricks, aka okay. Michael Hayes, and Farouk and the Nation. Is that who yeah. you've got next? I've got that next. Yeah. Um, it just. I've, I've again not a lot to say. Farouk wants Austin to stay out of the way. Um, Farouk and Pillman were co-workers, friends in the early nineties in WCW. Yeah. Had a lot in common. Both played, you know, American football. Both, you know, started, you know, then transitioned to wrestling. And it just, yeah, it's starting to feel like it's it's slowly going downhill here for a lot of the guys who are on the upper card. Not really fancying this one tonight. No, a, a lot of and them. Vince again. Oh, dude, this, but this, this, this is the this is, yeah. This Sorry, is the one I don't want it. Yeah, it's it's not nice. This is this is the one that that gets me, and the one that annoys me about Vince, where you can see he's shitting himself about one thing and one thing only, and that is the toxicology reports coming back from Pillman, because and this is what also I reckon prompted him to have Melanie Pillman on the following night's Monday Night Raw. I've okay. actually got notes, man. This is fucking tasteless. It's tasteless, dude. He's covering oh, his own oh. ass. The way he mentions, he he says, you know, in, in professional sports, 
Um, we know that it's very hard on the body or whatever and that they have to take certain medications to get over things. And you're, I'm sitting there thinking, right, someone could have possibly fucking OD'd on, on medicine that they got probably non-prescription, which they should have been getting from a doctor doctor, but they were getting from your dodgy doctor. And all you, all you give a shit about is, is it going to look bad on me? Is it, is it, it, was it the drugs that he was getting off my man that has, has killed him, you know? And even this comes up in the Melanie Pillman uh, interview the next day where he, he talks about, he says, oh, you know, he was taking, we know that his, he was in pain and stuff like that. Because what, like, a lot of people don't really know the ins and outs of Brian Pillman. But, you know, Brian Pillman at one point, he, he fell asleep at the wheel just before he was signed to WWE. At WWF um, around that time, he was he fell asleep at the wheel and was in a car crash and fucked his ankle up to the point where they had to fuse it. So before he'd even he, he got the also he got the second guaranteed contract because before these times, no one got guaranteed contracts with WWF. It was like no, WCW, yeah. yeah, it was pay to play. But because Vince kept losing all people to WCW because of these guaranteed contracts, just as a quiz, do you know the first person that got the guaranteed contract? Oh, what, in the Federation? Yeah. Bit of trivia. Is uh, it Brett? Hey, it was Mark Mero. Oh, okay. It was the wild man, Mark Mero. He was the guy to get the first guaranteed contract. And number two was Brian Pillman. Because he he, he wanted to guarantee, you know, that he would keep these guys. And literally, it was a year before this. A year before Pillman died, he signed the guaranteed contract. So he was only a year into it. And then he's died. Um, You know, he... he uh, he had a fused ankle, so he was on a lot of pain pills. Uh, he fell asleep at the wheel, obviously, like I say. You know, June the 10th, 96, was when Pillman signed his contract, second to Mark Mero. And then within 16 months, he had died, you know? So... Well, I mean, we could, spend, we could spend hours talking about Pillman's career and how he book, essentially booked his own release from WCW in a stroke of genius. To get out of it, that contract, dude, and it's funny because I watched re. I mean, we rewatch WCW stuff all the time, and at the Clash of the Champions thing, where he he's got the respect you strap match respect against match, yeah. against Kevin Sullivan, and he says our friend Kevin Sullivan, yeah, and he says I respect you, Booker Man, yeah, to him, and he gets fired the next the next day. He gets fired because obviously he's showing light that basically Sullivan's the booker and he's he's putting himself over. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a strange one. Like you say, he he did, and then he went to WCW. Uh, he went to ECW for a little bit, didn't he? Uh, did a few bits in ECW. You know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, Brian Pillman. It's, if, it, if anyone hasn't seen Pillman's debut in ECW, it is fucking wild. Absolutely wild. It is incredible to watch. Like he is so crazily over I've got with it, that man. fan base. Yeah. And he he essentially says whatever he wants. 
and yeah, it's a it's a mad mad debut. Like, get on, yeah, just look it up. You can find it anywhere on YouTube, I think. Yeah, I'm sure it's on the network somewhere. But yeah, it's a it's one of the best debuts I've seen, like on across any of the wrestling shows. Um, should we move on to the? Uh, Oh, you got anything else to add to? Yeah, I just I was just disgusted really with 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 yeah. the um with Vince McMahon. I I was really disgusted at this at how he was placing he, he was positioning himself to kind of cover his own bases, you know, and he was and he kept saying, you know, but we've scrambled together to to cover basically the fact that someone's one of our guys has died, you know, of a no. heart attack. I've got a question a little bit further on, but I'm going to bring it on now because we're we're at that point. I think, bearing in mind how well the WWE do a tribute show now, like they've had to, they've been in a position where they've had to put on tribute shows on the last minute. You know, for you know Eddie Guerrero, they did it for Chris Benoit, Owen. You know, considering they did all that. Like, where do you sit with the whole show must go on thing? Could they have put together a Pillman tribute show this night? Because they never did. Um, I mean, other people put on a Pillman memorial, didn't they? And and, and people were having, you know, and to be fair, I, I mean, I've watched, I've watched a shoot interview with Pillman Jr. And he says that he... He appreciates that Vince let a lot of talent do those shows. And you had people that were on the roster having five-star matches, you know, real slobber knockers, um, yeah. Pillman benefits, and they continued to do it over the years. He continued to let people just do these benefits. But, again, we've brought this up in another episode. Melanie Pillman... You know, even from the horse's mouth of, of, of his son, he says that she wasn't very nice. You know, his mum wasn't nice. And the money, they didn't see any of the money from the benefits. And the fact that her and Brian weren't even really together at that time. And there's even even the son says that um, the youngest child is probably not Brian's because she was having a relationship with another person, you know, at that time. So, you know, the fact that, they were doing all these benefits and stuff, but Brian Pillman Jr. and um, the sister didn't really see any of it. And if it wasn't for Brian Pillman's sister helping raising them, you know, they, God knows what would have happened because apparently the mum was just rotten, you know, because I've, I've read interviews with the sister as well, you know, and uh, with, with um, Brian Pillman Jr.'s sister. And she says, look, you know, we didn't get anything from her. She was a druggy alcoholic. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Sorry, to your point about they could could they no, have done um, go on. the show must could go on. Got, could you smack together a tribute show? What in or in say, in, say, in, or... in the, to be honest, I think the time the time in the time limit. No, I I personally think, but I also think as well they longed out the um, the legends. You know, the St. Louis legends. I think they longed out that section by adding a bit more video and stuff and, and chatting. I think they stretched that out. Obviously, they had the the mini Mexican luchadors that they had 
on on the thing, and they probably give them a bit of a longer match. Next night on Raw. Next night on Raw, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, because the fact is, they didn't find out that Pillman had died until the afternoon before this show. So when would this show have kicked off? Maybe eight o'clock at night. You know. Yeah. You're not really going to get anything from from one o'clock in the afternoon. You've got seven hours. All right, you probably did scramble to get a few things um, together. Fair enough, fine. But next night on Raw, you don't you don't do what you've done. You no, don't you, you no, don't yeah, have they, Pillman's really wife come on. Yeah, it's awful, so cringe, and like it's not it's not something I I would ever really want to sit through again. I watched it again. But, I watched it today when you sent me the link to it yes, because um, I'd link. forgotten. I'd forgotten that it happened, and as soon as I started watching, I was like, "Fucking! I remember this. This was awful." Yeah. Um, and I do remember Pillman Junior. mentioning the segment on Raw the next night and just saying it was shouldn't have happened, you know. And it looked like she was putting it on and all. But there you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, final of the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. Yeah. Title was vacated after <coughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin couldn't compete. We've got the pile driver at SummerSlam from Owen, or the Tombstone pile driver, where Owen set out instead of dropped to his knees. Yeah. Um, Owen, sorry, Austin had some spinal issues. I know they called it a broken neck, but it wasn't. He had compressed vertebrae, I think, in his spine. Um, Owen is referred to here by the Fink as two-time Slammy Award winner, Owen Hart. I thought that was hilarious. Like, I, I love it. I love the way they, they, they play up the Slammies. Um, I've actually got the, the 1997 Slammy Awards on VHS as well. So, um, yeah, I enjoy watching it. Because actually one of them weren't even his awards. No, he just came up and nicked it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. you got to love. You got. You had to love Owen Hart, but you could see he he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. He wasn't there this match. You know, he he wasn't there, and he's, you know, it's a he's shame. Not even healing it like normal. He's not having any fun. <clears throat> um, Austin comes to ringside to a big pop, um, just just causing havoc, like. It looks it now. It might not be this way, but it looks like Austin's just doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he takes a headset. He takes Vince's headset, starts chatting away. He. Uh, he takes all the yeah, headsets. He, he goes across the yeah, countries. Yeah, he, uh, he goes to. He says that Owen a cheap heat at his best about the Owen 316 t-shirt. Yeah, Owen's, Owen's got a t-shirt that says Owen 316 and on the back it says, I just broke your neck. And he takes it off and he hangs it on the ropes facing Austin and he's he's doing this, like doing the thing. And he's yeah. like, you didn't break your, you didn't break my neck, you, you cheap heat son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, but you can, I think you can also see not only the physical pain in Austin, you can you can you can hear the 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 emotional pain of 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 his friend dying that day. Um, yeah. They mention it. Um, Vince doesn't want to mention it. No. 
he he mentions oh he, he mentions you know maybe stone cold is 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 upset about pillman but then he kind of cuts himself off and stops and then jr says separate ways and all that yeah yeah they went their separate ways and all that and he said do you know but they were they were very close or whatever in recent years or whatever whatever you know it's um Um, yeah yeah (laughs) austin takes headset after headset he goes to the spanish team goes to the french team says he can't speak french yeah like it's just it's just it's chaotic it's a little bit like Almost like Austin's gone into, uh, you know, business for himself a little bit, and just figured, you know what? How am I going to make this worth anything? Because you know why? Because he didn't, he didn't want to lose his heat. He didn't want to no. lose his shine. And 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 the fact is, he got dropped on his head by Owen at a time when he was fucking white hot, absolutely white hot. And it, he, the way he looked at it, it was like, if I'm not on TV, if I'm out of it and I'm not doing anything, then I might as well just not even bother anymore. So this is why he, I mean, he even overshadowed. He, I mean, he, he has a part in the ending of the match as well, which is a bit confusing to what actually happens. But you can maybe, I mean, we'll get on to what happened and then I'll tell you why I think they booked it like that or why Steve booked it like that. Well, I think, of... I think there's a there's a common sort of reasoning for that booking, but it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm going to take a second to give us a friendly reminder that Farouk slash Ron Simmons is our first ever black world heavyweight champion and deserves that recognition. I, you know, I was a big fan of, Simmons and WCW, like I mean, we could wax lyrical about WCW all the time. Yeah, but I thought he really liked, except for the time where he had that silly blue helmet. Yeah, they um, was, was brilliant as well. Yeah, he, he was brilliant. I mean, there there was a what what we what I'd like to do is we we'll do a re- review on like the very early nineties WCW stuff. There was I'm a VHS buff. Jordan it loves his VHSs. We love that that nostalgia and we love the history of it. So there were five, the first five WCW VHSs that were released in this country. I have them all. Um, <laughs> and it was Collision Course. It was um, Chamber of Horrors. It was um, Capital Carnage 90 with Robocop. It was Capital um, Combat. Combat, yep. Um, there was another one as well, Future Shock, uh, and there was one one more. So, so basically there was five. Um, and Simmons was booked. There was a really huge match where he was going for the title, I believe, in WCW against someone fairly huge. And they had this Lucha. really... Yeah. Yeah, they had this really big play up of, you know, he went to his old, they went to his old university and they had his jersey up there, his football jersey. Yeah, they retired, they retired his number. That's yeah. how good he was. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they, um, you know, they had him training there for this match with his old football coach and that, you know, and it was, it, it, it was fantastic. So, you know, we cannot underplay Ron Simmons from 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 way before this, from you know seven eight years before this in WCW, uh, and we will go back and we will review those five early tapes 
of WCW, the first five UK WCW tapes that were released, and they were released in 1990. So, um, but yeah, Farouk, Ron Simmons, as you say, first black champion. Loving the Farouk Assad gimmick. That was his name, wasn't it? Farouk Assad. Um, You know, the Farouk Assad gimmick and the, the black power stuff that was going on at this time. I mean, I I liked it. I thought it was great. I liked the Nation of Domination. I mean, at one point, Owen Hart would join the Nation of Domination. He would join them. He would join them. And that was after Brett left. Yeah. And after Pillman had died, obviously, after Brett left, Nidart had gone. Yeah, Davey and Anvil had gone as well. Davey and Anvil had gone. And there was no, you know... If you watch the dark side of the ring and you also watch Wrestling with Shadows, you will see that, you know, Owen he was he was on his own, you know, he was he was <coughs> on his own in Yeah, he didn't adhere to family scripts, did he? No. He he, he was, was on, his own. on his own. Yeah, he, and he that's why he joined, joined the Nation of Domination, but it's such a sad story, the Owen Hart story, you know, because he was such a family man. He wanted to leave wrestling and have a farm and just live his life. He wanted to be a bloody fireman, you know. It's um, But yeah. growing up in the Hart family, obviously, you're going to wrestle. But he had an idea. He said, look, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to have my life, you know. And it would uh, – it's just sad, man. It's just so sad. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, JR – Says to King, you want any fries with that whopper? Referring yeah, it does. To King being the Burger King and all of that. He says um, grown men are wearing crowns. He said Owen needs a crown. He said yeah. there's a lot of grown men wearing crowns. How's that whopper? Yeah. Um, as a match, it's nothing. It's nothing special. No, and um, and you can tell. Let me let me tell you something. Owen Hart. He had a spot that he'd done in every match, and every single time I saw him do it, I just thought it was phenomenal. It was the wrist lock, then he did the twisty thing, and then he did the turn and the flip kip up yeah. thing, and into the reversal thing. He he didn't even do this in that match. Yeah. He he just really, I mean, to be honest though, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the focus was on him half of the time. But yeah, the, the focus. Yeah, it wasn't even on what was going on in the ring. It was you, like I say, he went over to Tito Santana and he was saying, "Oh, you know, you call me crazy." And he said, "You call me crazy? I can't speak Spanish, but you're calling me crazy." And he's like, "Oh no, we're uh, amigo, blah blah blah." And then he goes to the French one and he's like, "Blah blah blah, we're going to be in Montreal at Survivor Series, That's which would be Jordan." The next month. The next month would be. Yeah. The Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, yes. Screwjob. Montreal, we will get to that one day. Um, it was a very... Anvil, come, Anvil comes to ringside and does nothing. Yeah, I... I, 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 I um, the only thing I thought was he wanted to just go and be there for Owen because he yeah. could probably see that Owen wasn't having a great time in the ring. I mean, Owen being the guy he was was probably distraught at what happened to Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. He can't have been yeah. happy that he'd injured him, 
you know, he, he, he would have been upset. It wouldn't no, have been a good thing for him. It, no. It's not been a great month. Yeah. No, and, you know, and, and for that to happen, you know, all, all I can think is the the anvil came down just basically for moral support for Owen. That's all I could, yeah. as a shoot, man. Um, Austin clocks Farouk with the, with the belt. And Owen wins. Owen gets the gets the pin. Um, it's it is muted celebrations. Owen sort of holds the belt up. Doesn't really want to. Doesn't even look that bothered. The booking wise, it seems that Austin has done it so he can get a rematch with Owen. That's that's what does that about the series. Absolutely. Uh, that... Yeah, it's uh, like I said, muted celebrations. There's nothing really. Owen just has the belt. He walks away. And yeah, then we move on to. I mean, now this is a weird one. Um, I remember I remember in the commentary, Jim Ross or Vince saying that the Patriot was getting over the flu. Yeah, and oh. the, and and something else as well. Vader got beaten up in yeah, in, in that when match, he had, in, in the, the match. Track. Yes, and then King goes, "Oh, it sounds like you're making excuses for him already." It was getting over the flu. That one did make me laugh. Um, it's not the most common sort of injury you put up with wrestling. You know, normally it's someone, you know, back, ribs, neck, whatever. But no, he had the flu. So. Did it? Did you see the, did they show you um, them getting, the Patriot and Vader getting beaten up by the Heart Foundation on Raw, yeah? You had that little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and you then see that it with went the flag, on. the flags laid on them, yeah. Yeah. And um, I thought that match would be next. But so it did wasn't. I. Yeah. <laughs> they, they went on with Los Boricuas and the DOA, which was more filler. And um, yeah, I, I, you know what, because, because it was treated as filler, I didn't even look up the names of Los Boricuas. I just knew that it was Savio Jesus. And a couple of others. No, it was uh, Savio Vega, yeah, Jesus Casillo, uh, Jose Estrada Jr., and uh, Miguel Perez. Um, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> that's all right. Um, and yeah. the DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, we did a video about a week ago about WrestleMania 11. And yeah. two of the people that were in that are in this under two completely new identities. In the as... hideous opener of WrestleMania 11, Jacob and Eli Blue are now Skull and Eight Ball. Skull and Eight Ball. DOA. The Harris Boys. Um, you've got James, who was the fake Undertaker in 1993. Correct. Or even. I'm not, you know, my years yeah. are off now. Um, Primetime Brian Lee, I think, in ECW. Yep. Has the uh, honour of chokeslamming Tommy Dreamer through off a balcony, through <laughs> some tables. And everyone's favourite Hawaiian crush. Yeah. Who would... Who, you, know, you know, he'd had so many gimmicks as well, really. You know? Uh, I mean, not as not as many as Beefcake. But not as many as Beefcake, but... I don't think anyone has as many as Beefcake. No one ever has. Ed Leslie. But, uh, yes. Now, here's where it says, like, JR says, this match won't be a classic. You know, we're all expecting that anyway. <laughs> and in my notes, I've got the commentary booth 
are referencing Pillman like it's part of a storyline, and I don't like it. Yep. It's when they do it. And yep. It's when they talk about Marlena. Yeah. It's when they talk about Marlena. And um, Marlena left. Yeah, she left WWF at this time. After Pillman yeah. died, she yeah, was gone, she back. does come back. She does but... come back, but she, she went. Oh, yeah. I, why do they keep bringing this up? Like, it's going to keep bringing us down on what we're doing here, like because they are they're using it as part of us. They're talking about it as part of a storyline, and I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, just let it go. Yeah. Like either don't talk about it or be respectful. Yeah. And it's they didn't um, either. I still think it's part of it that 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 Vince is shitting it that it's going to come out that it was somehow a doctor connected with him that gave him pain pills and he'd OD'd on him. Yeah. You know. Uh yeah. Savio has a running, spinning wheel kick into in the corner, which I quite liked because he I've, lands on his feet. I've yeah. got that written down. That was a high point in the match for me. And let's not forget that Savio Vega was at one point Quang as well. Quang. He used to spit the... the, sound, the sound, it's the sound you get when the shit hits the fan, right? Yeah, Quang. So he was <laughs> Quang. But yeah, that was a fantastic spinning heel kick into the corner and then he landed oh. out on his feet. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant uh, I've stuff. got here that Cross would leave after the Survivor Series, uh, in partly in protest of the screw job, and would be in WCW by February. Crush, this is, yeah? Yeah, Crush would leave. Um, I didn't know he was such big friends or with anything with Brett. I hadn't seen any of that. No, but I mean, behind the scenes, he was, he was there in demolition days, weren't he? Crush. Yeah, true. He was way, he, uh, you know, he was way, he, he'd, he'd been there early 90s. But yeah, Crush would be gone eventually, like pretty soon after this. Um, did you see the oversell from Savio when uh, Crush whacks him into a turnbuckle? And Savio spins around like three times. Yeah. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> Like maybe they're just trying to like you know like rib each other and have some fun with it, and then we get the tilt a world backbreaker that we mentioned earlier. That's right, and it finished the match. A tilt a world backbreaker must have been called in the ring. I can't imagine anyone going out and saying, "Yeah, finish it with that, please." Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was a, it was a messy match. It was a brawl. It was always going to be. Do you remember? Do you remember at this time you had a few different factions? So you had the, there, there was a time I can't remember what pay per view it was, but it was around this time. I think it was another in your house where you had like it was like a gang match where you had like Disciples of Apocalypse, Los Bariquas, um, Nation of Domination. Was this the same time as the Truth Commission as well? Possibly, I'm not sure. Urban and all of that. It was like an actual. It was like, looked like a gang fight, and it was like. Yeah. It was one of the worst clusterfucks ever. Um, As an idea, it sounds brilliant, but yeah, on when you play it out, it's that. I mean, I'll give I'll give someone their credit here. That sort of match would have been better suited to a what we've seen recently on both major TV shows because that cinematic style, yeah. like your Undertaker, AJ Styles, or your Stadium Stampede. That we saw last week. 
in AEW. You see, like, it would have been better off. Would have been better off doing it that way than just letting them go out in front of a live crowd because it just doesn't work. You see, Cornette shat all over that. He would. Jim Cornette hates everything that doesn't involve, you know, a one-on-one match that goes 60 minutes full of rest holds. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny, right? I, um, I love you. A, a, a shout out to uh, Vince Russo as well, because he made an yeah. interesting point. He, um, he did a, like an interview with Hannibal. Remember I was, we was talking about Hannibal before and, um, yeah. He had a very interesting point, and he said, look, all these empty arena stuff going on at the moment, wrestling doesn't work in empty arenas. As a one-off match here and there, you know, yeah, it does. Didn't we have, like, Mankind versus The Rock in the empty arena match? You know, we've had, I think, Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett maybe had one in TNA at at one point, an empty arena match. I was a huge fan of TNA at one time. I went to see them many times in the UK. I was even part of the street team, putting up posters and all that. I've got a load of TNA merchandise from back then. I've got the, um, you remember uh, the British Invasion from TNA, which yeah. was uh, Doug Williams and uh, who's, he's married to Mickey James. Uh, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis, yeah. but he was called something else. He was called some Roman name back then. He was a, he was about on the revamp of Gladiators, wasn't he over here? Yeah, that's right. And he was called something something like that. And Rob Terry as well, something big guy. Yeah, big Rob Terry. Yeah. So I've got a British Invasion T-shirt. I've got because um, there was a time where you had the British Invasion. You had um, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Team 3D. Booker T, Sting. What? You know, TNA at one I a, point. I have, a signed, I have a signed TNA like postcard of AJ Styles. He's sitting on like because where I am right now. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in in the bedroom here, like at home, and on, I have a mini fridge. And on that mini fridge, I'm looking at staring at it, is a little uh, little signed photo of AJ Styles. The phenomenal one. Like, you know, he. To, yeah, it yeah. was. You know, they had Kurt Angle. You know, they had the main event mafia thing that they were doing. At one time, TNA was actually smashing WWE's product out of the water. There wasn't, you know, TNA at one point was absolutely fantastic. And you know when it went downhill? When Hogan and them turned up. When Hogan and them turned up and started taking over the booking, changed the ring. I have one more piece of memorabilia from TNA, which is not to hand. It's in the the wardrobe. I put it away earlier. Yeah doing some putting some stuff away and it did make me laugh um i went to wrestlemania 24 incredible week like an incredible week and on the day of wrestlemania as you're on the approach there was a small van handing out free tna t-shirts yes i have a free tna t-shirt it's still like it's still in good good condition i remember you showing me that yeah like they were trying their best to really make a go of it in 2008, and they were—I mean, they were handing more free T-shirts out the night after at Raw. They were really trying it, like, and uh, yeah, it was a—it was quite funny seeing because in and around the area, like, they had other shows and other things, like ROH were doing a little bit, and but they weren't being as aggressive with their promotion, like TNA were trying to hand out free T-shirts, and you know, 
little bits of merch to try and you know, I think they wanted people to wear these t-shirts on camera. Yeah. I don't think anyone I don't think anyone was willing. I don't think I spotted one. Um our our very good friend Cactus Matt was he wore it into the arena on Monday night on the Raw <laughs> and got a few dirty looks and decided to change it back. <laughs> that was that was but, the yeah. thank you that was the thank you Rick. Uh, that was Raw, thank you. Yeah. Which actually you and Matt can be spotted on the Ric Flair DVD going, thank you, Mick. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. I've yeah, spotted you we, a few uh, times. We turn up. Yes. We do turn up on a Ric Flair DVD, which yeah. is, yeah, I, I mean, as a, I mean, capped off an amazing week, to be fair. Uh, so, but I haven't done it since. So, you know, if anyone needs any sort of inspiration to just get up and go to a WrestleMania when they start letting people back in, do it. Just do it. They are great. But we have, I mean, we've skewed right off. Here. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't know how we, yeah, I don't know how we got onto TNA, but um, yeah, I mean, like I say, there was a time where TNA were actually smashing it. I don't know how we got onto it. Um, but um, uh, I've got Michael Cole with Brett and Davey. Yes, that's the next. That's that's coming up. Yeah, hold on. Let me uh, open me little. See, we're very professional. We make notes. Um, yeah, Brett and Davey promo. It's all the anti-American stuff. But you can see these two guys yeah, are not does. happy, and Brett yeah, don't take yeah. his glasses off. Well, he's not wearing the the wraparounds, is he? He's wearing some wearing the shades that look more familiar in WCW. The round ones, correct. Wearing. But, um, yeah, they say they're going to make an example and that they're better than the Americans. And then Bulldog just shouts out St. Louis, tries to get a cheap pop out of it, but it doesn't work. No. But yeah, that's uh Then we cut to um, Doc, Doc Hendricks again, Mr. Hayes with uh, Vader and Patriot. Patriot wants to settle the whole thing. He's had enough. Vader says that the Brett motto best there is, best what best there will be is, is bullshit. Yeah, do, do they do they blank it out on the network? They don't blank it out. What so it still says bullshit? Yeah, he still says it. And then you've just got Vince going, Oh, oh my. Like, you know, it's um yeah, it's, it's funny, man. It's... Yeah, um, I thought that was great. I, I like this because Patriot comes out to Kurt Angle's music. Yeah, because Kurt, that's right, because Kurt Angle adopts adopts the Patriots music. Um, yeah. Can I just say one thing about this match? Yeah. Uh, it's a flag on a pole match. It's a flag on a pole match, but now it's been, we get told, it's with pin or submission as well. It's been agreed. Yeah, see, why did they do that? Because I don't think Vader could get up the pole. Yeah, because who? I mean, we'll get to who won, but I, I, I personally think that no one could be fucked, no one could be asked. You that know? too. Yeah. You know, they've just said, you know what? We're not going to be shimmying up any fucking poles tonight. We're going to make like it look like, up. you know, we're going to make it look like we're shimmying up a fucking pole, but we're not. We're not doing it because so, I mean, we had a we had an item on a pole match in our last episode, which. Um, yeah, the sock filled with coins or whatever it was. The phallic, the and, phallic coin purse. And yeah, we had match. someone shimmying up, shimmying up a pole. 
So I don't think, yeah, I don't think Vader was ever planning on doing that either. Uh, yeah, so they had pinning or submissions to the to the match. I've got here Vader's pretty over. Vader is pretty over. He does something again mm-hmm. phenomenal in this match. We get yeah, I think we're going to get to that. Oh. We haven't spoken about it, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get to it. It's even better than the one we've spoken about previously. This one. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty wild brawl to start. Both men, both teams are using flagpoles, and I think they just. Choking each it's... other with the flags, dude. I thought that yeah. would might have. I don't think you're allowed to let the flag touch the floor in America. That's uh, yeah, that's a big deal in America. But you got the Patriot no choking freaking the British Bulldog with, with with um. Also, a quick side note: um, the Patriot, aka Del Wilkes. Del, yeah. Um, he's got some very interesting shoot interviews where he talks about stuff that was going on backstage and the 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 state that these guys bodies were in how battered they were you know the drugs that they were taking the steroids very well, very i mean i've not i've not seen any of their works of stuff but i have seen other stuff with people that talk about Dell, and they say how much of a nice man he was how like he was too good for the wrestling business didn't know how to politic you know and like he said like a bit like eventually people like Shawn Michaels and co would shove him out of the out of the picture you know he was he was probably like and he, this guy's in phenomenal shape oh he was in great shape you know one thing I've got to do right I've, I've got my my Kurt Angle uh, entrance greats up here my little figure, and it's where you press it and it plays the tune. Um, there he is. The picture's on his way. There you go. <laughs> so we'll put you there, Mr. Angle. Um, um, Kurt, Kurt yeah, Angle, phenomenal worker. Said that the Patriot just didn't know how to be a politician backstage, and that was that was his only downfall. Yeah, too honest. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, Brett hits him with a low blow. Uh, Bulldog makes a mess of a drop kick that the Patriot tries to throw. Did you see it that one? It was a great drop kick as well. It was Brent an Brody. absolutely yeah, it was a great one, but it just like scuffed, scuffed his head. It, it. it just crumples into it, and it yeah, it really makes a mess of it. I don't uh, think Davy was in in great condition. Physically, at this point, by '97. Physically and emotionally too. You know, we'll we'll stick that. I'll I'll give him a pass on that. Um, he doesn't really injure himself properly until he gets to WCW, where he lands on the trap door. Correct. Or something, yeah. Uh, Brett hits the ring post figure four, which I always thought was a devastating move. Really good. <laughs> Brett's playing heel in this, and he's playing it really well. Yeah. At one point, he cowers away from Vader, and I started laughing. And it, was, <laughs> it was quite late last night, and I'm trying not to laugh too much because you know kids are asleep and stuff. But yeah, it was uh that was I did chuckle at that because Brett just went into full retreat and just like just cowered like on the ground Great from stuff. Vader. Um, 
at one point, again, like that suplex bulldog, bulldog suplex, it's special. It's it's a really nice sort of move. Always gets decent sort of reaction to it. And then I've got here after the suplex that again it's just it's my nose because it's just the way it is. Just a, Brett looks really distracted. Yeah, he's he, he's not he fully goes, there. Yeah. You know, Bulldog's not there. there. Bulldog also does a thing. He's in the corner going up for the flag. And Vader gets him like he's gonna slam him on on like he's he, he's gonna do like a like a razor's edge kind of thing or like a get behind him so he can power bomb him or whatever. And instead of doing that, he just drops and lands his nuts on the corner to do that spot. I don't think any of them wanted to compete. They 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 were completely no. distracted. And this is where, like, I mean, the it, the crowd sort of died off a little bit as well. Like things went really quiet. And this is where I took a break. I stopped it, and I thought, you know what, this is this is getting harder and harder to watch. So I took a, a nice little break from watching the rest of the show for a good few hours. I just thought, you know what, I need to I need to just stop for a minute because this isn't this isn't good for anyone. Like it's just it's just it was really constant like how these how these guys were just they really weren't up to it. No. No one was happy. And including someone in the crowd, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I do go back to it. I you know, eventually. And this is where I have this spot. Vader goes to the top to perform what I think is going to be the moonsault. Bulldog moves. Vader lands on his fucking feet. On his feet, dude. This is... You know, we've we've said about Vader's moonsault before, where sometimes he does it, you know... And sometimes he does it a little bit twisted or whatever, but that was in like 93. He'd obviously been practicing and, and doing it a little bit more. Dude, a guy Vader's size, Leon, big up yourself, big man. You know what I mean? How uh, you could get Four, to the. Man. You know, you're doing a, a backflip off the top and landing on your feet like a gymnast, dude, on yeah. your tippy toes. He's, he's incredibly dominant in the match as well. Like, and it brings us to the point: Why wasn't he champion in the WWF? And we know why he wasn't champion because Shawn Michaels pissed all over him. Yeah, but you know, he was the plan originally was for Vader to win at Survivor Series '96 and then lose it to Shawn at Royal Rumble. But Shawn got upset and started chucking his toys and maneuvered Sid into that position, which doesn't. You know, hurt the day to day, you know, like we're big fans of Sid, but that was Vader's chance. Yeah, and in this match in particular, you mm-hmm. can see why he should have been champion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he, he looked great, he could, he could yeah. move, you know, he, um, he, he had, he had, he had connection, the fans liked him. Uh, it's time, it's Vader, yeah. ta, who's the man? You know, he he had 
They liked him. People liked him. He should have, yeah. I, I feel like he should have had a better run. Um, Brett hits Vader with a ring bell. Now, I, I found this weird. I don't know if you did, but I found it weird that Ke- uh, Jerry Lawler was Brett's main cheerleader in this match. I found it odd, <laughs> odd as well. Yeah, because, I mean, he'd constantly slated Bret Hart in favour of not, Owen Hart. And he would constantly slate Stu and Helen as well. Constantly. And, like, really bad. Like I say, we've mentioned it on other shows, you know, where he talks about, oh, yeah. I went, you know, Stu Hart's been wrestling so long. I went to Egypt and saw a hieroglyph of him with King Hutt in a headlock. You know, it's yeah. um, he, he was constantly going on at Stu Hart. But, yeah, no, it was great. I, You know, it, it, he, he says something like, uh, you know, he says something like, oh, these fans are mad at Brett. He's only telling the truth. You know? Yeah. It was, you know, uh, and Brett... One fan, one fan has decided he's had enough and tries to get in the ring. He gets as far as maybe just underneath the bottom rope when yeah. referee Mike Kyoda and Davey step in. Kyoda just starts kicking him under the ropes. Yeah. Davey looks like he's ready to lay in a few shots. I, I mean, of all, nights, yeah, of all nights to do it, yeah. Don't don't get... life, fucking hell, man! You you got a death witch. It it was still real to him, damn it, you know. And he got in the ring. Maybe the anti-American stuff got too much. Hit him, you know. Brett hitting yeah. uh, Vader with a bell or whatever. But you know, of all nights, you know, when they've just found out that Brian Pillman has died, you you're gonna get in and. I mean, Bulldog would have killed him, and and yeah. Mike Kyoda. Actually, Bulldog was going to follow him off the apron and, yeah. and, and continue to stomp so a mud up in his ass. Yeah. Kyoto reminds him that he's on, he's on pay-per-view, he's on live TV. Yeah, we're live, pal. Yeah, he's like, come on, dude, focus, man, focus. Let's get this done, yeah. you know? Um, there's a Vader bomb on Brett. Again, this match isn't... It's, it's a mess. It's all over the place. Uh, Brett gets a roll-up on the Patriot for a free count in a capture the flag match. Yeah, it's like a double roll up as well because first Brett gets caught in the roll up and then somehow he rolls over and gets the Patriot in it, you know. Yeah. I mean with it with to be a bit healy, he should have maybe grabbed the ropes or something like that to make it a little bit more does he not have the does he not have the trunks a little bit? He does have the trunks a little bit, yeah, but I mean he should have fully bare arsed him, you know, with the trunks. <laughs> If that's what you wanted to see, then fine. But I just, <laughs> it makes it more healy, doesn't it? To to give off that he's pulling his... That's how he's won it. But yes, uh, I would, I, I'm, I'm sure I would have been that. happy to see the Patriots' butt cheeks. Del Wilkes, if you've ever had time to slide into someone's DMs, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Something I noticed again, there's no real celebrations in this match. Uh but on the way out, he or Brett still high-fives a kid in the wheelchair. I mean, that's just that's just Brett, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I mean... He's not going to... He's not going to, you know, pie off a, a little kid in a wheelchair. No, he's not MJF. He he high-five someone else as well, like, on the way out, but... Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, that's classy, that is. I mean, Brett, Brett the Hitman Hart, Guys, if if any of our viewers haven't seen Wrestling with Shadows, I suggest you watch it because it is basically. Bre- I mean, I'm one of these people of the belief that actually the Montreal Screwjob was actually a work. I actually do believe it was a work. 
I've heard rumours to that effect. Because it just seems really strange that Brett had a, a, a video crew with him at the time. Brett didn't enjoy what he was doing at that time, being a heel. It wasn't fun for him. He didn't like it. He didn't sti- like sticking too up to the fans. Um, um, I know where I stand on this. Are you a Brett or a Sean guy? It's, it's very difficult to pick between Brett the Hitman Hart and Sean. I mean... On on the spot, fuck. I mean, for excitement, Sean, but for legitimacy and believability and me actually wanting someone to win, Brett. You know, yeah. Brett was legitimately, and I, I say he was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. You know, you, you, you won't find someone like Brett for a long, a long, a long time. I don't think, you know, Shawn Michaels, no. you can't take anything away from him, but I think his arrogance in real life and his dickishness in real life, um, you know, it, it, it goes against him, but people always, it annoys me when people say that Brett is whingy and bitter and moany, you know, because I don't, I don't see that in Brett. I, I, I mean, I'd be pissed off if Goldberg would have kicked my head off and, and, and ended yeah. my career early, you know, fuck that. Just for, just for reference, I'm a Brett guy too. Like I understand, I understand how Shawn Michaels is, you know, an amazing talent. One of the best workers Defo. in the world. Fine. But I prefer Brett. Just, it's just me. And um, um, just, sorry, just a bit of memorabilia that I picked up only just today is um, a Brett the Hitman Hart signed box set, uh, which I was extremely chuffed to get, man. Um, oh, dude, amazing. And his signature is one of the best signatures of all wrestlers. It's a piece of art. I have a signed photo of Brett as well, myself. I'm you know, very proud of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, uh, we're just marks, aren't we? We're just... Dude, we fucking... We just love this stuff, man. Like, you know... It's we're going through lockdown at the moment, you know. I mean, we, we things are a bit of a strange time, you know. I'm, I run my own business and I haven't really got much business going on at the moment, you know. And it's just one of them things where wrestling is like, you know, we've always loved wrestling. It's always been a kind of soap opera for men, you know. But it, in these times, you know, we need stuff that we like, you know, to to get us through these times, you know, and. If well, that's, that's it, like I, you know, I we've had day jobs, don't we? Yeah, like, of course. My day job keeps me. Like, I do still have to put in forty-eight hours a week at the minute. It's, uh, you know, and then when we're home, we're we're back home, we're stuck indoors again. Like, and it's not a lot to not a lot to go on, and it is. It's, you stick on wrestling, you go back to it, and you just it takes you away. I was, I was, uh. So, some nights it's tough to sleep because I haven't got me patterns. You know, obviously when I've got the the businesses up and running and I've got work and doing days, but now sometimes I'll have a really late one, you know, and my missus was trying to sleep last night. And uh, this is just the joy that wrestling brings. Like I'm watching Enzo Amore promos and just laughing my ass off and waking my missus up, you know, <laughs> like, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Swift! you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my nine-year-old son saying stuff. You know, it's it's just, you know, 
I said, I've got I've managed to get my four year old to to sweet it. Yeah, but dude, I've seen it. I've seen it. So it's, it's it's true. It's true. In the words of Mister Angle. Um, after Brett and Bulldog leave, we get a Survivor Series promo. I've just put next to it. Uh oh, <laughs> there's a storm coming. Yes, <laughs> and that's going to be its own show. As a, for anyone who, who isn't aware, we have mentioned it. It is the Survivor Series in Montreal where the main event would be Brett the Hitman Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Um, um, the cell is being lowered. JR says, once you're in, there's nowhere to go. Not necessarily true, but thanks, Jim. Um, Doc, our man Doc, is back with... Uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, and Rick Rude, the insurance policy. Yeah. Um, Shawn says at one point he's tougher than nails. And I just, in my head, I went back to the geezer in the orange jumpsuit. With the with the messed up voice. <laughs> Boss man. That's where we went. Yeah, Boss man. I think he's trying to get a new feud going with nails or something, you know. But he says here he's going to show us why he's the number one guy in this business. And it was a braggadocious uh, promo. It was just Sean being Sean. Yeah, it was Sean being Sean. Um, we've got Sergeant Slaughter checking. No, sorry, Sergeant Slaughter in his brown loafers checking under the ring. I don't know why, I that. Yeah, <laughs> don't know why he's wearing brown. I don't know why I sort of noticed that he's checking under the ring for any sort of, as Dusty would say, plunder. Any plunder um, or any persons. Yeah. Um, Michaels is led out by Triple H in China and Rude again. Sorry, the insurance policy. Rude would leave after the screw job as well and have the uh, have that infamous sort of record of being on both shows on one, in one night. Mm-hmm. The Raw was taped and Nitro was live, leaving Vince and his crew with a red face. Did you... um? Did you get the um the little vignette like Shawn Michaels video like setting him up as a heel before yeah. the match and he says this line uh, perception is reality and I just I just like that because it's just that was Shawn Michaels ideology in yeah. wrestling it was he would always create these perceptions of this, that, and the other. Because in his shoot video, he says, you know, oh, the click, we didn't have any power. It was just we used to go to the boss with ideas mm-hmm. and he used to use them. Dude, that's percep- right. your perception. Uh, no. Yeah. Right. It's, uh... um, yeah, HBK let out. And then we gave the lights go out. It's that big, mysterious Undertaker entrance. Vince says that Sean's, uh, he's like a rat in a trap. Yes, he does. He does good Undertaker's entrance felt really long here. I don't know if it did for you. Yeah, I think they were trying to build up the um, build up the the pressure, but I think they also wanted to stretch the time out a little bit. Um, you know, you've yeah, got Shawn possibly. Michaels, you know, pacing in the ring, panicking as the Undertaker's coming in. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it was a long entrance, but Undertaker's always known for having long entrances, wasn't he? 
Um, Taker gets to the ring. Straight away, Sean is bumping crazy. Takes a big boot. He's just OTT. Selling like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a back body drop where Sean's feet clipped the edge of the, the top of the cell, which could have been could have been a bit dangerous. Yeah. Probably why you see the cells now are a lot higher. But yeah, yeah. They uh, they talk about they talk about they talk a lot about Shawn Michaels' resilience in this. Yeah. They go on and on about how resilient he is, how he can take a beating and keep coming. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We understand. Um, Sean takes, I think it's a bump out, out of the ring, into the cell. Yeah. And JR, JR's lying, but people will tell you, yeah, he knows how to fall. I've I've got that written down as well because yeah. I remember. I, I remember it from I was fifteen when this when this was on, um, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, <laughs> I was fifteen and I remember watching it and I remember Jr. saying that specific line and he says, probably some idiot at home saying yeah but he knows how to fall, and I've never yeah. forgot that line. I've you know, it's yeah he takes um, he takes a bump outside the ring. He he gets kind of back body drops kind of outside up against the post. Up against the um, cage and then slips down. Lands, yeah, he lands on his shoulder and like yeah. his, like his side. Shoulder and his hip. Look yeah, it looked brutal. There was a black rose on the floor as well where he landed. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Not I sure. wondered. I I didn't know where it came from. Weird. Um, <laughs> I thought it was quite. I thought it was quite innovative. Some of it, like. Um, Taker tries to get him up for a power bomb or something in the corner of the cell. He holds. And Sean holds on, yeah, yeah. And starts laying in. Yeah. Like, that was some, yeah, I thought it was really like, obviously it's going to be innovative because it's a hell in a cell. It's not been seen in the WWF. And yeah, it's, at this point, though, Taker's not selling a thing. No. No. He's not selling a damn thing for Sean. He, and he's battering him. He's absolutely battering him yeah. at this point. Michaels does have a, a, a comeback, though. Uh, yes, a little... he does. There's, there's a. He's hanging from the cage, but he manages to drop an elbow on the Undertaker. I really like that as well. Yeah. And yeah, Michaels is starting to get into it. He uh, hits a pile driver on on the steps. Yeah. And he's yeah he's starting to take control. His matches. This match is building. It's starting to get really good, and I'm yeah, I'm I'm glued to it at this point. Yeah, it was um, you know, once Michaels had, had, had a little comeback, he picked up the stairs, he'd smacked it on the Undertaker a couple of times because this this also was a transition for the Undertaker because it was a transition from the more robotic original. Undertaker, where you rarely saw his face, his hair was down the front, he had the white makeup on, yeah, you know, yeah. like the, the older style Undertaker. Then he yeah, had the rebirth, didn't he? Where he was in the casket match with Yokozuna, all the people put him in there and he died and then he was reborn, and you had the fake Undertaker. But then, <laughs> excuse me, then you had this kind of Undertaker, which was even you can see 
from the 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 picture on the front of the um from the front of the VHS you know it was a different kind of undertaker he had a, a different garb on it was a bit more modern um he was a yeah. bit less robotic he had more animated yeah, face um you know he was he was becoming the dead you know the dead man he was he was evolving as a character at this point it was a it's a definitely a transition taker at this point uh, yeah he's uh you know there's, there's a lot more a lot more punches there's body punches and stuff like that so things you notice yes yeah like the mma like, style you know, body punches the with old the... undertaker's not throwing body punches yeah no like uh sean gets the chair and starts using it he's you know the chair is the weapon that he used at sort of SummerSlam, where taker loses the title to brett <clears throat> And they, they go on about that as being some sort of big point of reference. Taker's tied up in the ropes. And he backdrops Sean onto the cameraman. Yes. I tried to find out who this cameraman was. Because in all likelihood, yeah, he, he would have been someone who was in developmental or something. Or... Most likely, yeah. You know, or what they did to Enzo and Cat, uh, to to Enzo Amore. You know, at some, you know, they they put these guys in developmental in the yellow security tops, and then yeah. they're the ones that go to the ring and they collect the guys, um, you know, outfits and, you know, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He, yeah, HBK wipes him out and then starts stomping on him. It's yeah. like. Yeah, oh. but then you know what's yeah. funny, dude? That that pissed me off even more. Vince McMahon says, "Oh, we're, our thoughts go out, he and we apologise to the cameraman's family." You didn't do that to fucking Pillman. Yeah, I've got this on my notes. What is going on here, dude? He apologises to the cameraman's family. I've got that with like question marks and exclamation points and everything, like. Seriously, that's oh, like I said, it was it was tasteless earlier on, and it's tasteless it's now. It's crazy, crazy. Um, Michaels hits the elbow uh, from the top rope. Jr. and I'm not, I'm sure he's been fed to this line. Yes, he's never seen anyone do it better in the WWF ever. That move, and I'm like. Yeah, nah, he says ever. I'm not having that. Not having it, dude. Macho's was yeah. phenomenal. Like, I'm sure he was fed that line. I'm pretty sure he didn't come up with that on his own. That's been written down and um, pushed in front of him. Yeah, I'm thinking Vince has either shoved it next to him or you know Kevin Dunn or whoever in the in the truck has said, "Yeah, go on, say it, Jim." <laughs> oh, yeah, what a what a shit line that was. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet chin music, take a no sells the fuck out of you. Yeah. Just <laughs> he just sits up and it's like, okay, this is good. Yeah, this is getting good. They manage to get out of the cage because they're trying to get this cameraman out. Sean manages to barge his way through. Taker follows him and Taker just beats the crap out of him out there. Yeah, because that, that's just what happens. You know, he gives him the sweet chin music. Taker no sells it and does the whole sit up gimmick, and then and then when he sees the door open, Sean just makes a run for it, 
to get out. To be like, yeah. um, I mean, to be fair as well, like, I mean, Undertake, one of my favourite WrestleMania matches ever was the first um, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania. Uh, in re- not in... It was at... Was it 25? I think it was at 25, yeah. And it was... Um, because then they had another, and there was so many like near falls, and you know it was yeah. it was it was great. But then the next year they'd done another one, or the year after they done a, the year after that they did another one, and it was they were trying to recapture. Oh, it was the match, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they tried to do an angel versus you know, you had the, the, yeah. the Sean as the born again Christian. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's... they've had they've had some really good matches. I mean, and and this without doubt, was a, was a, a good match. You know, the fact that Hell in a Cell, this is the first... It, it actually became a pay-per-view in, in, in the following years, but Hell in a Cell, this was the first WWF Hell in a Cell. We'd had, in WCW, we'd had War Games and we'd had, you know, Cages... Chamber of Horrors. Chamber of yeah, Horrors, you know. We'd, we'd had... I think we'd had the Thunderdome Cage as well. Yeah, you know, so... You know, we we'd had stuff like that outside of the WWF universe, but for WWF this was innovative, and you got two good guys in there. <clears throat> you know, it was it was uh, it was becoming a good match, and like you say, yeah, they uh, as they're trying to cart this guy out, um, the the cameraman out. We send our thoughts out to his family at this point. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, don't, man. It really pissed me off when I heard that. I thought, you didn't even need to say that, you know. It, you yeah. know, they're saying, oh, here's a lawsuit coming. There's a lawsuit coming. And I'm thinking, there could be a fucking lawsuit coming with Pillman, you know, with, depending yeah. where he got his bits and bobs from. But anyway, let's... Um, yeah. yeah. Take a beats the shit out of him. Uh, uh, he's javelin, throwing him into the cage. Sean gives it the old one-two. Well, the, forehead. The, the thing is, right, before this happens, okay, they're setting up for the catapult thing, okay? So, Shawn Michaels tries to basically do a, a, like a double-footed drop kick. He does like a double-foot drop kick on, on to Taker. But this is on the outside, and there's no mat yeah. on this bit. And Shawn does this twice. And whatever you want to say about Shawn, he's fucking tough, man, because he lands flat-backed on concrete twice, yeah? Yeah. And um, he does it once, and Taker doesn't quite grab him, grab his legs, because he does the two-footed drop kick, and Taker, I assume, is supposed to grab his legs. Doesn't do it. Does it again. Taker grabs his legs, and then they do. He does a slingshot up against the. But does he do the old one-two? Because I just thought... before he does it, as he's being, he's as he's in the slingshot. That's right. Just before he hits the plate. That's right. Just about to. Yes. Um, Great stuff. Yeah. And he's, I mean, this, this this adds to the match completely. It makes it even crazier than it already is. Because he's uh, pissing, he's pissing blood at this yeah. point. Yeah. Short escapes and manages to climb the cell. Um, Taker goes up after him. This is something, you know, on top of the cell spots we would see later on in a different Hell in a Cell, which would be stuck in our minds forever. This one, 
And I've got here my notes, the backdrop by Taker on Sean on the top of the cage. I was panicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, this cage probably isn't designed to hold on top. No. And yeah, they they do a, they do a press slam as well. Right, and, they do the press slam and, right close to the edge, and it looks like Sean's going to fall off. And King even says like the the steel's starting to bend, and it's like Jesus Christ, like what are you playing at? Um, and we get to it's probably the second most iconic Hell in a Cell spot in history. Correct. Jerry Lawler showing incoming, incoming. Because Sean hanging from the edge, he doesn't go flying off. Goes through the Spanish announce table. And it's, I mean, it's something to see. But yeah, obviously it gets eclipsed by Mick Foley later on. Mm-hmm. Because Mick does crazy Mick stuff. And goes flying off through one. Um but yeah, this is really impressive, and Michaels is Michaels is grafting on this one. He's really putting the effort in. Oh yeah, I mean, people can say about him, yeah. But he's yeah, he's selfless tonight here, like just every putting everything into this match. I mean, they're they're looking up at him when they're on top. They they've got a camera inside the cage, and while they're on the top, yeah. you've got droplets of blood dripping through the cage onto the camera, yeah. and you can see the blood on the camera lens. It's incredible. Yeah, he's he's suffering for his art tonight. I mean, I've got yeah again here like Jr. He's got Michael's maybe broken in half. Like it's a saying that he would use later on mm-hmm. that which is probably why we forget that he says it in 97. Because in 98, it goes on to, you know, as God is my witness, he may be broken in half or whatever about Mick. Yeah. So, again, like, yeah, Mick's, Mick's fall has almost completely eclipsed what Sean did, which probably might have eaten at Sean a little bit back then. I'm sure he's fine with it now. He he actually said, yeah, he actually said at one point, he said, you know, and then Mick did that. And he's like, yeah, what, whatever, Mick, you ju- you can have that, man. He's like, you know, you crazy bastard. He's like, you you can have it, man. If you <coughs> want that, you can have that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got here, HBK is a mess. He's just, it's like you can see it from his nose, like they do a close-up, the blood's just pouring out. Mm-hmm. They've got a choke slam from the top rope. It's just like he's really hammering it at home that Sean's getting a battering. Yeah. Um, unprotected chair shots. Not my thing, but Sean takes one. And Take, Taker takes one earlier on in the match as well. A really savage, unprotected yeah. chair shot that looks brutal. Yeah, it's it, it was never my thing, to be honest, even back in the day. But yeah, it's a it is an unprotected chair shot on Sean, who's already bleeding and all over the place. And just as we're expecting a finish, the lights go out. We've got some ominous organ sort of music, and all we've got is Paul Bearer being led out by someone that. I mean, I'm sure you know the call that Vince makes. 
That's gotta be Kane. That that's got that's got to be Kane. Was there anything uh, leading up to this though, weren't there? When they were talking about um, you know Well Paul Paul Bearer says that Kane's alive. Yeah. Like uh, like war, like earlier on. Yeah. But there's no there's no sight of him until this until this pay per view and yeah, Kane what would eventually we would know is Kane comes down, rips the door off the cell, like showing his massive strength, summons fire from the ring posts, which I mean, obviously he can do it. He's Kane, he's got magic powers. <laughs> Did you know about magic powers? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> and he tombs he picks up the Undertaker and then spins around to show everyone how strong he is. And he, then tombstone. That's him. right. He, while holding him, he walks around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he yeah, he picks him up, makes sure he shows every angle, every cameraman that he's about to tombstone his uh, older brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick question. Did you expect Glenn Jacobs' career to go as long as it did from Kane, from, from that gimmick? No, I didn't. And first of all, I heard he used to be a dentist. Um, yeah, he had a bit of a bit of a, he had a practice somewhere. Yeah, he yeah. used to be a dentist um, with one of the greatest gimmick names of all time. Yeah. I Isaac Yankum DDS. I Yankum. It is just phenomenal stuff, even for early nineties. But um, no, I didn't expect his career to go as far as it did. And I always thought it was a very, very bad idea for them to demask him. Because I always thought that Kane should have never, ever, ever have taken off his mask. Ever. We should have never known that Kane was who he is. Never. Because the whole thing was his face was burnt. From the fire and all that, and then they fucking killed that, and then it's just a guy with black makeup on. I mean, I think they had some sort of prosthetic, sort of mask thing. Initially, they, they did. Yes, initially yeah. they did, I and mean, it was just like it wasn't like a Freddy Krueger burn, but it was like, you know, wobbly little, skin uh, yeah. or whatever. But no, nah, man, I I I never expected Kane would have gone as far as he did fair play to glenn jacobs for doing that as well and you know shout out to mayor glenn jacobs mayor glenn jacobs you know he's um he he, he did it and one of my all-time favorite vignette promos whatever you want to call them is when you've got hulk hogan and the rock team up with Kane and you've got The Rock and Hulk Hogan, they're chatting about old oh, Kane and all this and then Kane comes in and does the you know, the millions and millions of Rock's fans and then the the thousands of Canaanites and then The Rock goes you know, like it's just yeah. phenomenal stuff. What you gonna do and the big red machine you know, at that kind of yeah, era when Kane was coming out of it, I it was great stuff, you know, but he should never have taken his mask off. That is my one, my one thing that I was upset with Kane that he, they they demasked him because you know, it could have gone on even longer, you know. They could have done so much more with it. 
but he does. I mean, when did he, he took his mask off in what, 2003? Something like that? Oh, mate, you're Maybe testing me two, now. But, I don't know. But, but yeah, like he, he hasn't got his mask in 2004 because that's when he goes back against The Undertaker. But yeah, he, he, I mean, he's up until last year, he was still jumping in the ring every now and again. So, as Kane. So, I mean, what a, what a gimmick. I mean, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was sorry. Was he supposed Kane to have a different name as well? I, I'm not sure about. I that. think I, I think initially he was meant to have a different name than Kane, but then they went with the biblical. Well, the Undertaker was originally Kane, the Undertaker, wasn't he? Ah, that's right. That's right. That's maybe yeah. where I. Sorry. Yes, that's correct. He was supposed to be Kane, the Undertaker. Um, HBK manages to drape his arm across the Undertaker we get a very slow free count Undertaker is selling this tombstone forever yeah and the referee's count was yeah. extremely long even though Kane pushed him out of the way yeah. he shouldn't have been that yeah. battered it was a fucking 10 count um, I've got here on my notes that in 1997 Shawn Michaels is definitely the best wrestler slash worker in the world that's a bold bold statement my friend I think it is but for the best best I think it's Michael's best work oh it, it, it's great I, it, I mean it, I mean he was he was hot off the you know a year ago a year well a year and a bit before this he'd had that amazing um Ladder match with Razor, um, you know he he was top he was top of the game. Yeah. And and to be honest, um, he he didn't seem phased by the uh, Pillman incident. Not that he didn't no. give a shit, you know, but um, yeah. there was some crotch chopping going on on the exit as yeah. well. Yeah. Triple H in China come come down to drag, like, literally drag Sean out of the cage. Yeah. And up the aisle. Um, and then, yeah, Triple H obviously arguing with someone and just starts crotch chopping. He, start, he starts uh, chopping <laughs> Sean's crotch, if I've... Uh, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> good stuff, man. And this DX, is 3DX. Um, yeah. Um, they go to shots of The Undertaker starting to wake up. It's been, like, three minutes. And he's finally shaking the cobwebs off. Vince, uh, thanks us all for joining them, and so long, ladies and gentlemen. And that's it. That's that's bad blood in your house. In your house, eighteen bad blood, fifth of October, nineteen ninety-seven. I wish I could say it was a good show, and be really positive about it. I'll be positive and say there's some good stuff, and we always, always talk about the good stuff. We always mention it, but this is not a good show. No, but we give it a we 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 understand why it possibly wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, because we can't imagine what it would be like, uh, uh, you know, on a day where you've just found out, literally hours ago, you've only, some people might not have even found out until they got to the arena. Yeah. You know, so some people are turning up at the arena an hour before they go on or whatever, and they say, look, fucking Brian Pillman died this afternoon. You know? And some people wouldn't have taken it as gospel. Yeah, they probably would have said, oh, you know, 
like some sort of hoax or even part of a story, part of a work. Yeah. You know, and the way they were talking about it in some of these things, you might have thought it was a work as well. Yeah. Which is a bit worse. But yeah, not not my favorite. Like we said we were going to watch this and then when we started watching it, we both sort of agreed this wasn't our favourite, our best choice. I, I think the problem is we... We'd seen it so long ago, and I actually have the Hell in a Cell DVD. So I watched the Hell in a Cell match, you know, separate from the pay-per-view. And it's been a while. I mean, (laughs) as I was saying to Jordan, one of my cassettes is on its way out of this. um, And I have two copies of it um, because (laughs) it's, it's one of them ones where it's an iconic um pay-per-view you know it is the first ever hell in a cell match it is the debut of kane it is the day when brian pillman died it is you know it's a it's it's got a lot of stuff important stuff in the background going on it's the pay-per-view before the montreal screw job it's got a lot of stuff backstage that is in um brett the hitman hearts documentary wrestling with shadows so it's it's a very um important pay-per-view but it's not one of the best and and we understand no. why you know and yeah that's that's exactly it we do we understand why and you know mate like our next pay-per-view will definitely have a bit more fun you know, or a fun element to but it. It's also, we'll try and perk things up. It's also crazy that this pay-per-view is an 18. Uh, I think the blood and stuff at the, in, the, in the main event yeah. likely makes it an 18. And that's why Vader was allowed to, to say bullshit. Yeah. I think you only have to look at the cover. I mean, Undertaker's holding a severed head of himself. Yeah. Which, it's great. I mean, that's... That's, you're not putting that on the bottom shelf or the middle shelf, are you? Is that not you're head? Is that not is that not Al Snow's head? No. What does everybody want? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Al. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not his. That's his, not his head. head. No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll watch something. We'll watch something definitely a lot more fun. And try and you know get ourselves out of this because this one this one didn't leave the best taste did it no it 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 didn't it it wasn't it wasn't fun i mean the the main event was good but it it wasn't um it, it was point it was poignant one to watch and it, it it was it was sad it was a bit it was a bit sad like you say knowing what we know now and being the age we are when you watch this but i mean still people please watch it don't just take our word for it yeah. you know it would be, please watch this. Um, it's on the network. Yeah, you sure. can pick up VHSs. Um, you know, and, you've got and, one guess I mean, this will be an ongoing theme. This is, I mean, you can see from our backgrounds uh, when we've got our videos, we always try and have the VHS covers. Um, I will always watch the VHSs. Um, there's not many. There's not much that I don't have on VHS. Um, there's a few. Yeah, but... I, I don't have the extensive library of it. I have some VHS. So I don't have anywhere near as many as Chris. And I'm still adding. But... And the ones that I don't have, I'm still adding to my collection. I would love to have a complete anthology of everything that was. I mean, I've got 
ECW VHSs, I've got WCW, I've got WWF, I've got um, Japanese death matches. Um, I mean, I, I also have, which I, I would like us to do, but maybe it's not the time to do it. But we will be doing other stuff like Beyond the Map, um, which would be great to review. Um, so we we will try and do something a bit more fun. I mean, I mean we won't we won't discuss it now, but it, it will probably be WCW. Would you say, Jude? Uh, yeah, I can imagine we'll we'll flip onto a WCW show. I'm not sure what year yet. Like, there's plenty to choose from. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff too to choose from. Yeah. But you know, um, if anyone has any ideas on what they would like us to watch, please make it good. Um, yeah. You can find us at Chat Grapple Pops on Twitter. We're pretty active on there. Yeah. Uh, we like to we like to you know engage with anyone and everyone that wants to send us a message we we, or, we even engage you know, with ourselves connected. you know because uh what i'm going to start doing when i tweet i will just put chris in brackets and maybe when jb yeah. tweets he could put jb in brackets um at the end of the tweet because then myself and jb can actually maybe have conversations with each other using the same and it will be on the thread because he put up something today that I didn't disagree with, but I just had a different viewpoint on it. So, you know, but JB is the more active on Twitter. Um, he's been smashing it. He's been doing a few bits on there. And we, we thank everybody who's subscribing. We thank everybody who's following us on Twitter. Um, big up yourselves. Thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the views we're getting on YouTube. Like, you know, JB was saying, you know, we never imagined that we would, that people would want to listen to us sit and talk for two hours about um, wrestling. It, it was... Yeah. You know, we, we thought maybe 50 views or something like that, you know, but some of our videos, you know, our first videos getting up to over 400 views and that, you know what I mean? It's only been up a couple of weeks or, you know, it's, it's incredible. We're getting consistent uh, numbers. So we, we really do appreciate it. Hit us up on the Twitter at chat grapple pops, YouTube. It is uh, chat grapple and cheap pops podcast yeah um in the link below that way yeah it is the little bell like and subscribe yep like subscribe touch the the bell bell. that's right do this thing we'd love to convert some of the stuff that we're doing on twitter onto youtube get some more subscribers uh that would be fantastic so there we go jb another one in the bag my friend thank you chris thank you Um, my dude you know, like you said, like and subscribe, talk to us, you know, let us know if you like it, anything you don't like, you know, we're, we're a work in progress, we're what, we're just five episodes, Yeah. you know, nothing, nothing is perfect, we are, you know, we're open to any suggestions. And just quickly as well, just when when this coronavirus bullshit finishes, uh, myself and Jordan, we will be taking our fantastic hoodies, yeah, we will be taking the the hoodies that were made for us we're going to be taking these out and about yeah yeah dread mania yeah. <laughs> you see we're going to be taking these out and about and we're going to be going yeah dude jb mania 
We're going to be taking these out and about. We're going to be doing vlogs. We're going to be going to local wrestling shows. You know, when we have Support people coming, show. you know, when we yeah, have people yeah. coming over from the States, um, when we have little shows around where we are, even if they're a little bit down the way, you know, we're going to be going and doing this stuff. You know, we, we want to get out. But it's just at the moment, we are in our rooms. That's all we can do. But we will be doing shows where we're sitting next to each other on a couch or on a table with a lovely green screen with some lovely graphics. But at the moment, you just have to deal with us in these little boxes for the time being. Like JB says, we're a work in progress. But thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. I'm Chris Dredd, the main man, JB. We are Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast, man. Stay safe, everyone. Support your local indie wrestlers. Yeah, dude. Take care. Peace out.